Hello and welcome to a little bit of a different flavor of a bonus episode this week. So, in honor of our recent commentary on Godzilla vs. Kong, I thought it might be fun to go into the Prognosis Negative archives, uh, a podcast that Eric has been doing for many years, but me and him resurrected back around 2021. In fact, our discussion of Godzilla vs. Kong was the first episode in the resurrection of that podcast. Uh, and so just for some fun, and because we mentioned it during that commentary on Godzilla vs. Kong, I thought, why not break out this episode to hear what our initial thoughts were, as well as the initial thoughts of another frequent collaborator between me and Eric, uh, and that's Carl. Carl joins us as a regular host on Romulan's Bearing Gifts, our Star Trek podcast, and occasionally on Doctor Who, mostly on his cutaway, and this was a return for him to the Prognosis Negative feed, and a first time on this feed. So please enjoy our discussion of Godzilla vs. Kong. And if you want to hear some more of this kind of material, check out the Prognosis Negative feed. I'll leave a link in the description as I do with any episode that Eric's on. Uh, we've discussed many fun classic films such as Journey to Italy, The Time Machine, um, and, and Eric and Sean have been doing another series on that feed along with another collaborator of ours, Josh, and they've been discussing all the Basil Rathbone Sherlock Holmes films. So if you're interested in that stuff, Check it out in the description, but for now, please enjoy our discussion of Godzilla vs. Kong. Let's go, people! Let's go! It's prognosis later time! <laughs> Hi, this is Eric. Hi, this is Carl. And this is Caleb. And welcome back. It's only been five years. Um, well, four years and, and some months since the last prognosis negative, but we're back and this is number 35. And of course, there had to be a special reason or occasion to dust the old podcast off. And that's a little movie from a couple of weeks ago called Godzilla versus Kong. This is our only chance. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. To stop what's coming. And this child. She's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. And I think that in some way, Kong did the same. Now, who's this Caleb, you might be asking yourself, because Carl's been on the show before, and if you've listened to me on other podcasts, 
You've heard me talk to Carl in other places, such as Sci-Fi Party Line, Yay. Old MHC, True. and you know many other. Pl- oh, RGB, classic, the Star Trek podcast. But Caleb, who's this Caleb? Um, Caleb, who are you? Um, I'm a fellow podcaster. I do a show called The Novice Leaders Podcast, and uh, we basically hooked up because of Godzilla. So it's fitting that I'm. This is my intro on your other podcast here. Yeah, that's how it started a few months ago, because um, from my perspective, you know, I'd just be tweeting things like, oh, I got the new Godzilla set. Oh, I'm watching this Godzilla movie. And, you know, at first I thought Caleb was maybe this random person just tweeting me back. But no, he was a listener, longtime listener to my podcasts and many other Doctor Who podcasts and a listener of Sci-Fi Party Line and many things um, like Tardis Tavern and all kinds of stuff and best picture podcast but anyway he noticed that i was watching these godzilla movies because i was slowly making my way through the canon um and then fast forward to when i guess you invited me because you started doing godzilla commentaries and godzilla adjacent movies and you put them all into your big randomizer and you asked me on for the one that you happened to be doing at that time (laughs) you know my favorite son of godzilla and and i want to say too he didn't even tell me it was going to be a commentary i thought i was just going to show up to talk about that dreadful movie and then as i was there him and his co-host isaac well they were like okay cue up your movie and i was like what do you mean cue up the movie this is a commentary commentary. that's that's that'd be good information luckily i already had it ready to play because that's how we roll around here but i didn't know that's what we were going to do and let's see, we've done Son of Godzilla now, and then we went to Godzilla 98, and then what was the last one we just did? Uh, Godzilla versus Mechagyrus. I think that's how you say that. I, I'm not I see Mechagyrus, sure. but that's just me in my own bubble, not knowing how people... Caleb's probably more correct on that pronunciation, on that Godzilla movie from 2000. Um, yeah, so we've done some commentaries, and and for those who don't know, I've only been a fan, really, of Godzilla movies. Um, or seriously for like the last two two years and change, which is not very long. I never watched it growing up or anything like that. Um, yeah, I saw the 98 movie, but I mean, I just saw it because I would see everything. But I wasn't a big Godzilla fan. I wasn't even a big Godzilla fan when the 2014 movie came out. But Caleb, you've been a Godzilla fan for how long? Uh, I Childhood, I'm not sure exactly how long, but for as long as I can remember. Um, I would yeah. catch them on TV. Uh, primarily King Kong versus Godzilla, so it's kind of funny that we're doing this one here, but that was definitely my intro to the franchise. And I hear, I mean, that's probably one of the most popular of all the classic ones. Um, I mean, that's what I hear. I mean, even people who are much older, more like my age and Carl's age, um, grew up with that movie as well in the United States. Um, But Carl, I want to ask Carl, because I don't have a clue right now, where Carl stands with Godzilla in general. Um, what so, say you, Carl? What's your yeah. relationship with the franchise going right. back? So, so I cannot say that I am a Godzilla expert, and I know a whole lot about you know about 
just growing up as a kid, I liked that whole kind of genre of, you know, television, movie kind of things. Like, I used to watch um, Ultraman and Spectre Man and, uh, let's see, what what was the one with Goldar in it? That was, um, uh, was it? Power Rangers or Super Sentai for the original Japanese ones. No, no, older, older than that is what Oh. Yeah, there is, um, what was it? Something. Goldar? yeah he was he was part of a he was part of a of a team uh space giants space giants is what it was called the oh, space giants you're going what the yeah i mean <laughs> now, now, i mean that was before my time it would rerun when i was a kid and that was on but you know just that whole genre of you know the super monsters and giant mechs and you know with people in the costumes and fighting it out in the city uh i, I grew up watching those things and so you know godzilla was one was definitely you know the the anchor behind all of those but all of that stuff is is kind of you know what i was growing up with so every time i see you know godzilla i'm looking to see you know the the newer versions of it i'm trying to find that that sentimental connection that i had with the uh with the campy fun of what it used to be as a kid Mm. um you know the, the what was that one in the '90s that came out? That was just you know that that was not it. And that, that, Some of the American one. Yeah, yeah, the American. That was Godzilla. One. We just called it Godzilla '98, the Emmerich yeah. movie with um, Ferris Bueller. Right, right. I mean, you know, the, the, finally when they had the special because again, I was used to the you know the rubber suits and the zippers you can see and the tiny buildings and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, so there was a sentimental connection to that. But finally, you know, when they had the effects. Where you know they could pull it off and make it look real. That's what they gave us. So I, I took a break. I to say I took a break from Godzilla <laughs> a little while from that, and you know I appreciated some of the other versions. I mean, some of the the you know sort of the side versions, and of course you know things like um, you know Pacific Rim, and when, when those kind of movies came out, same genre, right? It was everything except calling it Godzilla formally. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like those. So I've been given the uh, the new the new new versions, another watch. You know, coming coming back, giving it another shot, and uh, so you know this 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 newest take of it from what you know King of the Monsters and all the, all the new versions. I've been given a new uh, a new a new shot here. So that's 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 where I am. Yeah, it's cool. And and I don't think we've discussed any of the they call it the MonsterVerse the the four newest movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've discussed any of them properly on Sci-Fi Party Line. Mm-mm, no, yeah, for no, whatever I reason, I don't. I don't think this was Cat's Cat's thing. So she she's not not so big on the on the monster things. So, although I will tell her that this one is probably the most sci-fi of the of the um, the new monster verse. But all right, we've laid the groundwork, and now we're going to talk into talk about the movie like we always do, which means go all over the place. But if for some reason you're just finding this podcast for the first time or you haven't really listened to many of the episodes, there will be spoilers aplenty. We don't hold back at all. So if you if you haven't seen this yet and you plan on it, you might want to stop now unless you just don't care and you just want to hear some people talk about the movie full on. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, I haven't really thought this through about where I want to begin. Well, um, I think ahead. we should give a little bit of a background of our, on our thoughts on the previous movies in this franchise here. Sure, we can do kind that. Of culmination of all that. four of them. Do we want to go one movie at a time, or just go ahead and let each person go through? Uh, it's, it's your show. I mean, I'm I'm taking it off my hands. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. You, got, you got the background. Go ahead. Mm. Well, very similar to you, Carl. Coming to these new movies, 
I had such kind of a nostalgic connection to just the aesthetic of those old movies. I love the the two men in suits fighting. And you can never really recapture that in, in CGI. And so there's always been a, a slight bit of a distance for me with these movies. Um, 2014 came out. I was extremely hyped. And I wasn't necessarily let down, but I didn't feel the the kind of love that I was hoping to have with it. Kong Skull Island, I felt a little bit more with that because Kong for me just is in a little bit of a different league. Probably partially because I saw the uh, Peter Jackson one when that came out, and I think I was like 11 years old. So Kong for me does have that CGI roots just going back to my childhood, unlike Godzilla. And I, I like Peter Jackson's version of that. I, that I, yeah, he, I thought he did a good job with that one. Yeah, I, I like that one quite a bit too. Loved it as a kid. I, I haven't come back to it in a, a couple of years, but... um. Yeah, Godzilla King of the Monsters, I thought I appreciated the effort to try to reach back to some of those more campy elements of the old Godzilla movies. But again, the CGI element just kind of gave me a bit of a different vibe. Plus, I thought it was super murky looking for most of the movie, which kind of put me off. So coming to this one, my hype was a little bit a little bit lower than than what it was with the previous movies, so um, but I guess we'll get into more of that once we uh, actually get into the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Of, of the new series, uh, particularly um, King of the Monsters, I, 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 I agree with you that I miss the you know the aesthetic of the rubber suits. Um, you know the the CGI, like you said, does not capture the fun you know, campiness of it. However, with King of the Monsters, I finally started to feel some enthusiasm. I don't know, with the with the new versions of this. Uh I like the depiction of the monsters, you know, and, and you know the uh the, the, the respectful uh, tipping of the hat to the classic uh you know the classics in Mothra and all, all the all it was fun to see them bring them out again, bring them out. Um I think I, I I'm probably not alone thinking that the uh, the the biggest criticism with uh, King of the Monsters were the people. Uh, there there was a lot of uh, people in King of the Monsters, and uh, the story that they tried to thread through there about the divorcing family and the little it just seemed so superfluous. I mean, it was just like totally un. I didn't it didn't register with me emotionally what was going on with that and I was just like can we just get this out of the way I want to get back to the monsters I want to get back to the so you know the the, the you know the, the the military stuff that was going on and you know the the the, the sky carrier or whatever you would have called the big stealth thing that they were flying around with all of that stuff was fun and 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 they uh they're, they're developing of the lore of the modern of the modern uh, you know university i thought they did a great job oh okay but i'm kind of going a little out of order okay turns out i did see um i did see um king of the monsters first and then went off to see oh. skull island what hmm? what i didn't it, know that that's how you went with this okay yeah yeah i just well because all right here's the other thing not a huge king kong fan all right i just the it, it, king kong I, I like Godzilla because you know it crosses over with uh, you know the Japanese with the anime with the um, you know with the uh, you know giant mechs and all. it just all of that seemed to feel of the same space. So King Kong never really drew me in as a you know as a character. I, I just was kind of like yeah. But Peter Jackson, of course, you know it's Peter Jackson. Oftentimes he just does things in a way that was is is, is very 
amazing. So, you know, that kind of, you know, got me a little bit interested in it. But I was hesitant when I saw Skull Islands come out. I didn't feel any real pressure to see it or anything. But eventually I got around to watching it. And uh, I really, I liked Skull Island. I liked it a lot. I, I like the, uh, you know, the era, um, you know, when they sort of went back with that one. You know, when we got to see the creation of Monarch, or excuse me, it, 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 I, I guess I guess it was sort of like the creation. It was like the, the, the low budget trying to maintain Monarch or whatever. That exactly, was fun. yeah. You know, um, you know, anytime, um, um, anytime you see John Goodman, I'm having a good time. So that was that was good. And you know, Samuel L. can't go sure. wrong with those two in there. Uh, so you know, right? At, I, I just like the vibe of what Skull Island was. It really surprised me that I liked it as much as I did. Um, there are moments that were funny. Uh, certainly, the uh, Samuel L.'s "Hang on to your butts" Jurassic reference was very nicely done in Skull Island. They stuck that in there, you know. So, um, you know, it, 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 and you know, it just, it just, it was just a fun place to explore with, um, with, with Skull Island. So, Skull Island, King of Monsters, everything that they were doing with Monarch and creating that little, little universe of space. I mean, again, I didn't take it too seriously because. Uh, you know, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't trying to invest myself into it. I wasn't watching them three and four times. It was just fun, and I was like, okay, they're, they're doing all right. They're doing all. Right. But you can start to see they were serious about building a universe there. What you know, the history of Monarch, the scientists of Monarch, seeing all of the hints as to what you know, what one story led into the next. They really, they really. Once you go back and watch it, it's a really tight ship that they ran pulling this stuff together. So I and, and like I said, so at the time when I was watching it, I I I didn't respect that they were really being that careful and they were being that thoughtful. When you go back and watch it now, you see how one piece snaps right into the next, snaps into the next. And uh so all right, with that uh, the background, I was all ready for uh you know, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. I was like, "All right, l- let's see what they're going to do." And uh I I got to say I mean, it's like they were listening to all of the things that were not quite right with all the previous ones. They got the nostalgia right. There were moments where they, the monsters are fighting in the city, and, and it, it, it brought me back to the guys in the rubber suits. I don't know what it was. I know it was CGI. I know, but there was something about the motion. There was something about the scale of the buildings, something about the lighting. Like you said, they cleaned up the lighting where I could actually see stuff. And it, and it had that little, you know, kind of like a, I don't want to call it a cartoony edge, but, you know, it's like the Power Rangers edge where it was bright and it was colorful and it wasn't, you know, all that darkness. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, the, the, the way that they finally brought all this stuff together, they didn't focus so much on the people, you know. I mean, I, I, you don't want it to be as shallow as just watching monsters beating up on each other. But, I mean, sometimes that's what I want. And what they involved the humans with in this story was, <laughs> was light enough, you know, and, and, and you know, it, it effectively held together the scenes in a way where it didn't seem to slow stuff down. It didn't seem to distract us from the main thing. It was, it was, it was tolerable. It was tolerable. So, you know, I, I, I know, you know, at, at my heart, I think I might just be all right once watching monsters beat themselves up and slamming, you know, destroying cities. I think that might have been enough for me in the movie. So, you know, but I know you can't do that. You can't just hang a whole movie on that. 
So what they did with the people and how they threaded in the, um, you know, the nostalgia with the, the different eras, the different stories, the different monsters, uh, I thought it was pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. So this this modern generation of it, I think they uh, they ran a tight ship. It it, it came together uh, more and more uh, strongly as they went from one one uh, movie to the next. Before I give a small thumbnail on my own uh, feelings on the MonsterVerse, uh, Carl, you didn't. I don't think you mentioned Godzilla twenty fourteen. Did you see it? Or I, yeah, you... I I did see it. I did see it. Um, like like I said, it. it mm, not my favorite out of them. Not my favorite. Um, uh, I, I I pick the ones that I like the most. I, I, I think that first one, I just it, it just didn't resonate as strongly with me. Um, it I, I I didn't get the history yet of what it was that they were trying to create. And like I said, it was only with the latter ones that the pieces started to fall together and the characters started to get a little bit more interesting and the people became less important. So it was, it, it was okay. It was okay. But I, I think, I, I think they've been getting better is, is bottom line. I think the movies have been getting better as they've gone. Okay. So real quick for myself, um, 2014, this is me before I was a Godzilla fan. Uh, I just watched it because I go watch all the big movies usually in normal times, normal years. And so I remember watching it um, just as a casual person, just thinking, oh, it shouldn't be worse than 98. It should be better, I think. Mm -hmm. And I remember it starting off really well, the movie. And I remember Bryan Cranston was so awesome. And then, spoiler, he doesn't last very long in the movie, and that was that was pretty sad right there. Um, and I just thought it was a it was a good movie. It didn't it didn't suck me in or anything, you know. I didn't walk away thinking that was oh that was fantastic. I just thought it was pretty good. And I do remember because I think Gareth Edwards directed it. Um, which Star Wars movie did he do? Um, was it Rogue, Rogue One? Yeah. Rogue One. Anyway, uh, I thought that even though the movie didn't blow me away. I thought it was very well directed, um, human scenes and monster scenes. I remember when we finally see Godzilla get to San Francisco, he just seemed just enormous, and it and it, I thought the CGI was really solid for 2014. And I just thought it was, it was a pretty good movie, um, but you know, it, it was what it was. Um, and then I guess uh, Skull Island was the next one that came out, and it came out at the right time. Well. The movie came out, and I remember seeing the trailers, and I didn't know initially that there was going to be any connection between Skull Island and Godzilla. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember seeing the trailers, and just based on the trailers, Kong did not look like the kind of movie I want to watch. Um, so I did not go see it at the movie theater. And I like the... I, as a kid, I grew up with the original Black and White King Kong. I saw it. It was like must-see TV whenever it came on free TV. Me too. Um, yeah, so I grew up with that one. I'd seen the uh, the late seventies one um, a couple times in the late eighties. Even then, I thought it looked super fake uh, when I saw it in the late eighties, and I never really cared for it <laughs> very much. Aww. And the Peter Jackson one was was pretty good at the time. You know, I was coming off Lord of the Rings, and I thought it was fantastic. But you know, a couple years, few years, and then just kind of just faded to the background. Um. And then Kong, I didn't, I didn't like any of the trailers, so I just kind of let it pass. But I finally got my first 4K TV in uh, um, 
early mid um, 2017, <laughs> and yeah. Kong just happened to become had just come out like on 4K, and I, don't, I must have I must have temporarily reactivated my disc rental from Netflix or something just to get 4K movies because they were still prohibitively expensive at the time, um, and so I I somehow must have rented it or something, and I remember I just put it in and I was just completely blown away. Because it just looked so... It was the first like eye-popping thing that I saw on my new 4K TV. And I just couldn't believe how amazing it looked and the cinematography. And from the trailers, I thought I was going to be put off by goofy humor. But when I actually watched the movie, it was just... It was really good. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I I thought it was just a great popcorn movie. And I didn't... like I didn't even like the title, Kong Skull Island. It sounded so generic. Like it was going to be like a B-movie. <laughs> but it was amazing. I, I was just blown away. Um, King of Monsters came. Still not a Godzilla fan, I don't think yet. Um, and I saw it, and I thought, oh, this is cool, because I got all the monsters and everything. And I liked a lot of the side characters and a lot of the side actors in that movie. Um, uh, but I almost thought, man, for this being the second Godzilla movie of, of the revival, I, I feared that they had blown their wad too soon with too many monsters too quick. Um, so it, it made me really worry, like, how's this going to work for the next Godzilla movie? If it's only Godzilla Kong or Godzilla Kong plus many other, I don't know, but I almost thought they, they shot too far for the stars, uh, on, on, uh, King of Monsters. And then not too long after that movie, which I saw at the movies, um, the Criterion set came out and that was the thing because... I'm a big Criterion fan before I'm a Godzilla fan. And I just had to buy that big old set and commit myself. And I started watching all those movies. And I got a good base background for Godzilla now that I'd seen most all those movies for my first time, most of them. Uh, and then when I went back and watched 2014 and King of Monsters, I saw how the makers of the new MonsterVerse, how they drew off the original material and kind of made it modern, and of course Western, but I could see all these little connections um, and different situations reminded me of situations in the, in the prior movies. And, and that's when I started having this new love for 2014 and King of Monsters, now that I had a, um, a Godzilla background. And then I've just been watching all those movies and watching all these monster movies and I rewatched the more popular King Kong movies and I was just stoked as ever for this movie. Like just completely all in hyped for it. Um, yeah. And it delivered, let's just say it delivered. And I think all the monster verse movies steadily got better for me. Although it's hard for me to choose right now between Kong and King of monsters, but, but for the most part, they steadily got better and, and we're going to talk about it. I think they did it just right for this movie. Because um, they, they they, there's so many ways they can go now uh, going forward. That, that could be very interesting. So, boom. Here we are. King of, Mo- uh, King of Monsters. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Um, I'll say something right off the top, and then you guys can jump in. Which is, right off the bat, I'm going to say that I thought this movie was just fantastic summer blockbuster popcorn kind of movie i did not get to watch it at the theater because i'm far away from the big city right now or i would have 
Um, I still might um, if I get a chance see it at the movies. But I had to watch it at home on HBO Max, which is fine. And I thought it was a fantastic, just, you know, you can just like leave your brain. Well, ironically, I'm already at home. But, you know, just shut that off. And it's just like mindless fun. Looks amazing. The CGI is pretty great, all things considered. I had a blast. Um, And I would say this reminds me, this is my new favorite fun time sci-fi or whatever franchise now it reminds me of when when transformers was a newer movie franchise live action and that was my thing at that time. that was my jam at the at that time <laughs> for big like you know over the top effects movies that are just fun um but this is my new that uh going forward but i'll pass it on to somebody else now for me um it was definitely a lot of fun um i i just had to see it in a theater even though all the theaters in my areas in my area are closed so I went to my drive-in which was playing it nice and, yeah the, the drive-in <laughs> um they started the movie when it was still kind of bright out so the first 20 yeah, minutes i couldn't see too well oh. um and so for this review i ended up paying the 25 dollars that it cost to uh rent it on youtube and it 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 is stunning visually, easily their best work so far, um, especially some of those fight scenes near the end and um, the Hollow Earth stuff really stood out a ton. But yeah, again, I just felt like some of the human stuff, particularly um, the conspiracy theory podcaster and Millie Bobby Brown, that was the stuff that I thought was the weakest. But I didn't mind the crew that was falling around Kong. And uh, basically all the Kong stuff was the stuff that I really kind of felt like I could invest more into. Um, I think maybe I'm the one who's the most uh, kind of a Kong lover on this podcast because I, yeah, I, I just super enjoy this character. I think he's always super relatable on screen. And um, I don't know, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting distracted watching it now. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have put it on, but. <laughs> uh, let me react and real quick. Um, I guess I'm just as crazy Millie Bobby Brown fan because I can't disagree with anything you said yet just because it was her and I didn't necessarily know she was going to return for this movie until because I didn't watch any trailers partly by design so until I actually pushed play and saw her show up I was like oh look she is back I literally did not know I did not look at the cast or anything so I was happy just to see her because you never know with this franchise who's going to who you're going to see again or not mm-hmm. um, and even though I agree with what you're saying, I was totally down with that. Um, even though it is kind of silly, uh, their their storyline. And then I don't even know, like, I feel like her friend, um, the boy from Deadpool 2, was just kind of there, just as mm. extra international dressing, um, which seems like a shame. But, okay, fine. Um, it is what it is. Uh, there was... A, some other actors and actresses we would have recognized had they made the cut of the movie, but there was some faces who got completely cut. Um, oh, I don't know anything about that. There was a few, like, um, I don't know her name, but she was in King of Monsters and she, from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, oh, okay. The, the lead from that. Well, she was supposed to supposedly have a, a fair role in this movie as well, but she's nowhere to be seen. And um, the girl from uh, 
wow, I can't even think of what that series is called right now. The Netflix series with all the uh, Netflix Marvel series um, with the dragon guy. Wow. <laughs> Iron Fist what? or? Iron Fist. But but his she friend, and she was also in Game of Thrones. She was supposed to have a role in this movie. Um, and then. Uh, she was the only thing I liked about Iron Fist. Oh, especially in the second season. Mm-hmm. But um, and then he he appeared in the movie, but he was almost completely cut out. Um, Lance Reddick from oh, yeah. French Fame and The Wire. He was supposed to have a larger role in the movie, but his scenes all got trimmed out. And there's another actress or someone that we would recognize who also got completely cut out. Oh well, it is what it is. Maybe we'll get a Snyder cut because <laughs> because of the Snyder cut, I just want a Snyder cut for everything now that <laughs> oh, no. I feel like. Didn't quite hit the mark. I just want I just want everything to be revisited that has potential. But anyway, uh, I was a bit I was I, I didn't really recognize her before. I don't know that I've ever seen her in anything. But um, her character's name was Maya. No, it's not Maya. Yeah, it is Maya. She was the the daughter of the maniacal um, Mecha Godzilla uh, creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the Apex Company. Uh, she was his daughter, and I didn't really. I don't really recognize her from anything, but I was like, who is this ingenue on the scene? <laughs> and then for her to unceremoniously, which was kind of funny in the movie, but I was like, wait a second. Too oh, soon. That, I, that was, that. I was a little sad about that. Yes, I wanted it was, to it was just too more. soon. I liked the surprise and shock of it. That was fine. It's just it was too I was barely getting to know her and her <laughs> dastardly self. Um, she should have at least made it to the end. I like that they gave Tong, uh, Kong some teeth there. Because it'd be so easy just to make him the heroic kind of figure. I like that they made him a little bit more ruthless. Sure. Oh, yeah. And then her father, he's over the top. Yeah, we get it. He's the Bond villain. But he was also, I was getting all these Ricardo Montalban con vibes in a good way. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this guy's great too. Why didn't he play it into darkness? That's just kidding about that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but he was... I mean, yeah, he was the, the cartoonish villain twiddling his mustache, but that was a little bit too soon to enjoy, too, um, how he was taken out by his own creation. See, I, but, I uh, love that, too. <laughs> I love that choice. I like it. Real it just, threats, you know, they're just kind of the ones who kick things in motion. So I like the monsters just immediately discard them. I liked it. It was just slightly too soon. To, you know, I was still enjoying the cartoon villains, I guess. And then... Um, Alex Skarsgård was just fine, I guess, as the as the the male the action male um, person, but just because of his appearance and look, he just felt a little bit too reminiscent of um, what's his name? Is it Pratt uh, in in the newer uh, oh, Jurassic yeah. Park movies? Mm-hmm. He just seemed a little bit too samey in in the looks and and casting role department. That's interesting. As, as, I, now yeah. that you say that, I actually see that. I actually see. Yeah, it. I mean, he was perfectly fine, but I just kept it. Just kept reminding me of the newer Jurassic Park movies, which are also fun. Um, they really are. But I'll take Godzilla over those um, right now. There were some just. Okay, so first of all, I got you, I agree with you, Eric, in terms of this being, you know, popcorn. Don't try to read into, you know, storyline or, or, or character development all that much. Like I said, I I was looking for, you know, giant monsters fighting in a in a uh, 
you know, a waist high city. And that is exactly what you got. And it was the, the fight scenes were well done. Um, it wasn't just sort of, you know, uh, slogging and plodding around. You know, there was some strategy. You could see there was intent and thought between the battles going on between, between yes. these two. Yes. Which was, which was, I mean, that that's the thing. When you're doing a uh, a fight scene, so often, if people don't know what they're doing in make, making a movie, they just think that people punching back and forth is the way that, you know, is, is how you do a fight scene. No, fight scenes are like a dance. Fight scenes have a purpose. They have a flow and a, and a, and a cadence to them. And if you, if, if, if you don't get it right, they're boring and it's just, you know, it's just noise. But if you get it right, they kind of build and you can you can feel like a little a, a dance and and a kind of communication in them so you know the the hopping around in the in the in the first battle the first confrontation from one ship to the other and all yeah. the chaos that was going that was just it was uniquely fun to watch because you know we, you know we are used to seeing them fighting in the city you know you know the, with the crunching buildings and all that kind of stuff to see them you know hopscotching from 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 you know aircraft carrier to destroyer you know to the uh, to the uh, cargo ship that was a a unique twist on it um that 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 took us someplace that I hadn't seen before so to leverage finally, you know, using the CG in a clear way, having fun with a fight scene, uh, uh, and 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 it's setting it someplace unexpected. That was that was really well done. Uh, you know, so I just you know, uh, don't worry about the storyline. Don't worry about the people. If we just look at the at the you know the action, the slogging, the uh, the fights, there was a lot of really you know sentimental respectful fun that was going on with these fights that was just very very well done so yeah right out the gate the uh you know the groggy uh sea battle that they had in the beginning i found that surprisingly interesting and surprisingly well done and and fun right out run out right out of the gate um you know finally when you see them confronting each other in the city uh beautiful it was beautiful and and you know the 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 way you know, the, the, it was CGI clearly, and um, they, they cleaned it up so it wasn't murky, like you were saying. You know, I agree with you, Caleb. That first time I was like, "What? Come on! I want, I like, I like CGI. I can see. You know, I want the effects I can see. Don't try to, you know, always in the in the shade, in the shadows, and all that kind of stuff." I assume that they were doing that one for drama and two because of you know they're trying to mask the early, uh, you know, issues with CGI. But oh, to see it with the you know the bristling, vibrant neon reflecting off of them and them slamming stuff around, so pretty, it was so pretty and so so well done. So um, that that there was that sentimental connection between the old guys in the rubber suits, and the, I don't know if it was the angles, I don't know what it was, that to me I, I felt it a little, you know, a, a little bit more. Than where I than what I had seen before in the CGI, it's something about the way they frame things that it took me back to you know the the little model cities and and the stumbling around back in the day. It 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 was it was just it was fun. It was it was it was fun. I, I felt something when when I saw that. So right. uh, I got to piggyback off this what what Carl just said. First of all, completely completely agree. Um, as far as getting the fighting down to make it meaningful, the battling of the monsters totally superior in this movie to the prior two new Godzilla movies. 
Um, because in, when I saw the first one originally, my brain sort of tuned out through a lot of the, the big fight in San Francisco. It was more, that one was more about the spectacle of, of the destruction porn more than anything uh, that I think kind of got you and the size of the destruction and how it looked in, in that CGI at the time. And then King of Monsters was just, like I said, it was over the top uh, with just all the monsters and then whatever the heck happened at the end, like the scorched earth situation. Where were they in Baltimore or somewhere unexpected? Look um, like. Was it yeah. was it Baltimore? Well, and that seems like a was. very unlikely place to hold like a, a grand battle uh, in a cityscape. The, but okay, they, whatever. They, they've been getting closer to DC lately, so I just, <laughs> I've seen that happen yeah, a lot now. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting uh, for one of these modern monster films. But anyway, um, except for everything would only be 14 stories tall at the max. But anyway. True kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this one, to piggyback off what Carl, I thought maybe the the ship stuff might be a little bit hokey when, when I realized, you know, that was going to be our first um, face-off. But no, no, no. I completely agree with what Carl said. It was so interesting. It was almost as if, it's not a perfect comparison, but um, almost as if, like, you take Bond jumping from alligator to alligator, uh, but then there's something in the water trying to get him at the same time. And that's kind of cool to think about for massive monsters and obviously Godzilla had the advantage in so many ways. He wasn't drugged up. He was in his out. He's an amphibious creature. Of course, Kong is a, is a, is a, um, land creature. Exactly. So, you know, big advantage Godzilla, but still that was completely thrilling. And I think like what Carl was saying about how there needs to be like a dance or like a story, um, to these fights. And there completely is, there's a through line from these battles and, and these rematches just in this one movie. And it's very reminiscent of, you know, if you watch any MMA fights, um, there's a story. If you watch just one fight, one match, there's a story of what happens round to round. And then especially if guys have a rematch in MMA, there's a story that, you know, you can connect from their previous meeting. And there's drama that happens if you ever watch an actual MMA fight and pay attention. It's not mindless punch, 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 dodge, dodge, dodge. Um, there's something going on. And that's you get that in this movie, and it's pretty amazing. So I was much more engaged with these monster battles in this one than the prior two. Without a doubt, I was always paying attention. Um, and if you, if you really watch, there's a lot more that goes to it. I didn't have a chance to really delve into other people's um, uh, analysis like I usually do with things when I have more time. But I did see something where they show, like, um, there, I'm sure there's tons of them, but there's a, a good nod to the original King Kong versus Godzilla that someone posted on Twitter or something, where in the original battle between the two um, in 1962, um, there's a there's a part during their their duel where um, Kong gets like a tree and uproots it and starts jabbing it into Godzilla's mouth in, in the original. <laughs> and in this, Kong does almost the exact same move, but he uses the shaft from his axe and he jams it down. And it's a great direct homage. And I'm sure there's more of those um, throughout the movie, but there's all these little details and yeah. things in the fight and the monsters using their brains. Yeah. Um, oh, and then, yeah, it, it, I'm, it's amazing no one's ever used um, Hong, modern Hong Kong uh, for something like this, for the spectacle. It reminds me of, uh, I think, Skyfall. Bond goes to, it's, what's the place? It's it's not Hong Kong, but it's Macau or something. The, 
the big mm-hmm. gambling place. Mm-hmm. Um, but that looks amazing in Skyfall because of the lighting and the neon and how the they glass use it in and the neon. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this, oh, it's so stunning to see a city like uh, Hong Kong. I wasn't even thinking how Hong Kong was, you know, like Kong. But also, <laughs> I get it. They do it for the Chinese market because that's what it's all about these days in Hollywood. But this is the perfect thing, though, because it you, you check off the box of the Chinese market. Um, but then it's just the perfect backdrop. Wow. It was just so perfect. Just stunning. Stunning, stunning, stunning. Yeah, it made me finally realize the value of just doing it in CGI. Even though you kind of lose some of that campy aesthetic, like you could just never recreate these kind of scenes, especially that water scene. Mm -hmm. You could never do anything like that with guys in suits. So Mm -hmm. maybe I just got to get over my my kind of bias in that way. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's where I come from. So I, you know, I remember that. And there's something I love about about the quaintness of that. But um you know, being able to see them zipper free is is uh, is a is is a liberating thing, <laughs> and uh, and some of the the things that they're able to achieve in terms of the motion and the you know the camera angles and all of that, it's just it's just richer, you know. But but like I said, they still managed to pull something. I I I still felt something of the the campy framing something of it i i could it was this is the first time that i've seen it because you know um 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 the other the other one with um which one was it? the uh the month was it? the king of monsters it, you know eric's right it was just sort of like you know what monster of the week are they gonna bring out now um they, they, they can't but i never felt the presence I never felt the campy presence, and even with uh, Skull Island, Skull Island, Kong was you know battling out with those you know half dinosaurs the whole time, and there you know I um, admired the CGI, the clarity of it, and the, the smoothness of the motion, but I never got the vibe of you know two rubber suits going at it. I I, I never got it there. It's like they were they were more Jurassic Park in Skull Island than they were Godzilla. But this time, this time, that city battle and the extended city, it wasn't short, it wasn't all brief and everything. It it really took me back. There, Eric, you're talking about the homages. I know, you know, you're right. I can feel them, but I couldn't put my finger on, you know, the but but I could I could feel that they were there. Like you said with the with the axe, you know, tree scene. I didn't know that. But something about it felt familiar when I was watching it. I got another one for you. I got another one for you that hit me really hard when I watched it. And I'm like, oh, is this what they're doing here? Is this what they're doing? All right. They're, uh, the boys are tearing up downtown. And the, uh, you know, whatever, the, the Middle Earth submarine, whatever you call those things, are um, it, it, the last one was coming out of the was coming out of the hole. Right. So, you know, so, you know, you got Kong and Godzilla battling it out. And these guys are like, oh, we need to get out of here. And so finally they come shooting out of the hole. Now, the scene where they first pop out of the hole in the middle of the Kong Godzilla battle. Look at it carefully. Now, I don't know if this is what they were going for, but this is what I felt when I saw it. When they pop out and they've got the lights on and they fling around the side of the building, they they, they clip right across like the side of Kong's mouth, right? So you're looking in Kong's mouth and they're flying along the side of it and then they cut to the folks and they're there with their restraints on and they're screaming because, you know, they've just flown past Kong. 
if you ever went on the Universal ride. The Universal ride for Kong. Skull Island, I think was what it was called. It takes you... There is a scene when you're on the ride and Kong pops up over the side and his mouth's wide open and everybody's going, ah! And they're screaming as, you know, as the car goes past. The thing. It felt just like you know, you were going back to the uh, to the Universal ride. So I don't know if that's what they were going for. But it, it, like I said, it, it had the restraints. It had the, the close-up on Kong's mouth. If you have, oh, in nice. all of the years, they had that ride going, that is going to seem mighty, mighty familiar to you. And it was just, it just, it just touched me that way. I was like, I bet that's what they're going for. I, it just looks too close. It's too close. Yeah, that would be an amazing coincidence if you're not right about it. I never got to go on any of those cool rides or go oh, any of no. those cool theme parks. Me neither. Oh my but, god! Okay, well, look, look, look it up someplace like it online. Makes, I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen like ads for that before. And the ad, right? The brochure even has little you know, mm-hmm. people like ah, and there's the mouth <laughs> open that's right there. So yeah. it was uh, very touching. That I was like, oh, I know man. the kind of rides you're talking about, but mm-hmm. I never been to Universal Studios or the Kong one. Um, no, it's very cool. Cool little callback for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah, that oh, sounds perfect. They're actually technically so on that ride. There are two scenes because okay, there, there are two moments. The, the the highlight is of course when you when you you know rolling past Kong's mouth. But the other thing is, it's it's um it's um Skull Island. So there are dinosaurs around. There's another scene where there's like a T Rex that you go past, and the, like the T Rex comes at you. Which incidentally, moments later, when the when the little ship flies past Kong, it goes past Godzilla, and his mouth is open. It is like I said, oh, it, wow. really, it feels just like the old Universal ride. So I have a sneaking suspicion that that's what they were going for. It was I wonder just, if I can find some of that like on YouTube or something. I don't know, perfect. like footage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let me get some more stuff. So. Okay, so they kind of set up, I guess, like the future of the franchise. Because, um, and from what I've read, it seems like, you know, at the conclusion of the movie, um, Kong is, is in the hollow earth and Godzilla's out doing whatever he's doing topside. So it seems like potentially these guys are going to have separate adventures for a while, um, doing their own thing in their own respective places uh, until maybe they meet up again sometime later later but anyway so we get to this hollow earth and again i didn't even know we were going to go there uh in this movie uh and that was a kind of cool thing you know i i remember the movie the core with uh hillary swank um it was a big time bomb and everything i didn't watch it till it was (laughs) on netflix or prime or something um i watched it for the first time maybe like six years ago and i mean it was it was yeah it's a bad movie but it's kind of cool because, you know, when I was a kid, I was into all those Journey to the Center of the Earth type of things. And there was some cartoons. I can't think of the name of it right now. Um, uh, oh, I can't. There was this cartoon where, uh, from the late 80s, early 90s where they went to the center of the Earth. And that's always a cool concept, even though I don't know how it works with gravity and pressure and everything. But I don't care. Um, but the first time Kong, you know, they get down to the hollow Earth world. And you see, you know, the horizon on top of the horizon. I was trying to figure out what the light source was, but again, I'm not going to try to figure it out <laughs> right now. But it was cool, you know, just the look of it. Kind of reminded me of the ice planet on in Interstellar in a way. Um, and, you know, just this otherworldly uh, environment. And because I've been so in love with uh, Zelda: Breath of the Wild for the last year. Uh, 
it reminded me when you first see the hollow earth it reminds me of when you play the video game zelda there's a moment early in the video game where you get to almost see the whole world um, from your vantage point the whole world that you're going to spend hundreds of hours exploring later mm-hmm. but you kind of get a glimpse of it and that's the kind of feeling i had when we saw the whole hollow earth and this idea of thinking like I hope they do like the next Kong movie or whatever in this hollow earth world. Cause all I felt was just like with the video game. Oh, I want to explore this. I want to know what different areas there are, what different kinds of plants. It'd be crazy if there was some type of um, humanoid equivalent to sentient life, whether it was lizard people or whatever, like that there's some, I'm just imagining like there's some tribe of somethings that live down there and, just the possibilities that seem amazing. I, I, I wanted to see more. I, I, see, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I thought maybe Godzilla was going to come down to Hollow Earth. And I thought they were going to have a fight down there. Which actually, I don't really, I didn't want that. Because, because that's what I thought was going to happen midway in the movie. That Godzilla was going to come to Hollow Earth and they're going to duke it out there. And I don't like that because I, don't, I didn't like in the classic Godzilla movies when they would save money by just fighting on islands. And there was like a stretch of movies where he didn't get to see any building destruction. And that was kind of sad in the classic run. So I didn't want that to happen. Of course it didn't happen. But but then seeing that there was some kind of lore. And then they used this concept that you used to see a lot in older sci-fi, sometimes in written form. The concept of uh, you having like memories like in your DNA. Like from your I think I think that was part of the concept of the the early eighties um, cold classic altered states. I think that was kind of the concept yep. that you could tap into humans DNA and you could find like the roots to our Neanderthal um, <laughs> ancestors and things. And fine. I, I can believe it in a fictional book or fictional movie. I'm not going to try to figure out the science of that, of encoded <laughs> memories, but, but then it was cool. I, I didn't expect that Kong, you know, came from this civilization where they had a culture, I guess the Kongs of, of yesterday times and they had like this temple and that was actually all pretty cool and then there's some history that that these kong apes have been battling godzilla creatures you know for millennia gone past i didn't realize until probably after i watched the movie that i didn't know why kong's axe was so special i didn't realize it was it was one of the the scale or the back plates of a godzilla creature i didn't didn't understand that i didn't put that together that's yes, cool. I didn't. I, I found that out after I watched the whole movie, and yeah, it, it was actually a Godzilla creature's um, back plate, um, and I guess the Kongs had figured out that was a really good weapon, and that's part of how it can somehow get charged because it is um, of them biologically yeah. exactly, and so that's why when Godzilla zaps it, you know, and that's also what what calls Godzilla's <laughs> attention is when the the plates or whatever get activated in, in the sanctuary. That's what calls Godzilla's attention. Now, okay, I have to admit, as much as I turn my brain off, oh, I love that Godzilla part. Godzilla can can blast a tunnel from topside to the center oh. of the planet. <laughs> Holy, okay, that's a bit much. I will that's say. great. That's some great absurdity. Very convenient, but okay, that they was just a... like have a staring match at each other from up there. It's like you better get up here and fight me, fucker. <laughs> Yeah, that was, and it was interesting too because because Godzilla was looking down, but he was actually coming from the bottom when it got to Hollow Earth. 
So that I mean that's <laughs> kind of fun. But um, but okay. I'm sorry, I'm dominating, but now I have more thoughts. Because even though this is a mindless popcorn movie, I'm still trying to extrapolate what the allegory is or something here. Because there's something. And oh boy. Most people most people know. Most people know that, you know, Godzilla from the classic movies, you know, it was this whole post World War II sentiment in Japan and and anxiety and fears that they had from World War II, it like influenced the original um concept. And the Godzilla was both originally like an allegory for nuclear power, but then he also became like a representative of like like the planet and nature and nature's power and and how nature like who really rules the earth? I mean, this is from the classic movies. Is it man who is the apex predator, or is it really nature embodied in Godzilla that's really the apex ruler of the planet? And, and uh, don't, you know, it's it's not just nuclear power; it's nuclear war. You know, weaponry was the thing. So yes. there's a subtle difference because it was supposed to be like wrath of nature for man destroying, you know, for man splitting the atom. Here's nature coming back as a response. So yes, that. yeah. Well, it, the metaphor changes when you jump through different classic movies, but it, yes, it's always some variation of that. Okay, fine. That's the that's the history of Kong. Um, so I'm trying to figure yeah. out where we're going now, especially in this movie in particular. And I thought I'm, I'm still putting it together. Because I've only seen the movie one and a half times, and I haven't had a real time to digest everything. And you know, I can't wait to get into some special features and all that for this. But anyway, so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay. So Godzilla still seems like the representative of nature and, and how overpowering it can be. Um, okay, you got Kong. I'll get back to him in a second. You got Now you got Mechagodzilla, which we have not even mentioned. And Mechagodzilla... Uh, by the Apex Company, which is sort of like this SpaceX and this cartoonish Trumpy version of like Elon Musk, who's running it, and and I guess their thought process is, oh, so these monsters are taking over the world, but through our technology and know-how, we can come up with our own thing to like take back, you know, who's the king of the planet or whatever. I guess that's the concept of Mecha Godzilla, um, and they use. Some of the stuff from, was it Gihodra? I don't know. I can't pronounce any of their names. But the three-headed one, you know, they kind of use that, kind of like how they use the Terminator in Terminator 2. But they use the head of that to combine it with technology to make this mecha Godzilla, yada, yada, yada. And then, and then there's Kong. Okay. So mecha Godzilla, I guess, was supposed to be the representative of man trying to win back. Um, but... Mechagodzilla was actually this, even though I had some AI or something going on, you know, once it took over, because at first it was piloted, but then that whole telepathic thing went crazy, and then Mechagodzilla became its own sentient AI-like creature. But instead of being like a representative of a man, it became more like of a like a non-thinking AI automaton, like Skynet, or like the Borg, or Cybermen, or something. So it actually became this super inhuman thing. Um, I mean, without like human thought or compassion or or anything, it just became this killing machine. Um, and I feel I felt like a King Kong, in a way, was more like a representative of man, but not directly, because Kong being an ape and because of the language thing with the sign language, it 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 was like like our cousin. I mean, mankind's cousin. Um, so in a way, Kong was 
a better representative in a way. I mean, I, this is a working theory. I haven't sorted this all out. Yeah. Kind of like um, man before it gets perverted by the technology. Right, okay. right, right, right. Yes, thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Kong felt more like the hero of humans. And he was, of course, because he's able to communicate with humans, he is more like the human's guardian in a way uh, in the mo- in this movie. Whereas Godzilla is more the reptilian, more pure nature, um, more because reptilian being more like a more primitive version of, of life on this planet. And like I said, Mechagodzilla was the polar opposite, cold, hard technology. Um, and and man and nature team up, if, if we call Kong the man representative, the true man representative, mankind, person kind. Um, man and nature teamed up to defeat like the, the the technological terror. I don't know. I'm still putting it together, but I'm trying to figure it out. Yeah, there, there's more there than I originally would have given you credit for. I was just gonna laugh it off, and be like, "Oh, here goes Eric off on some some weird tangent." But <laughs> no, yeah, there there could be something there. Hmm. There's something. I'm working it out. But I, I they had some design to this um, and what they were going for. I think with the metaphors and the allegory. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm giving it a little <laughs> more. A little more thought myself because I. I agree. I was like, what's he going on about? Um, you have correctly uh, described the history of of the characters. Um, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what what the broader story is. Because all right. So first of all, before I saw this movie, uh, I knew, you know, first you know that King Kong or Godzilla wasn't going to win. All right, you 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 knew that go maybe you didn't, but going into this, I had a discussion with a friend of mine. I was like, "Look, I don't know what the movie's going to be about, but it's not like you know Godzilla's going to kill him or you know or or King Kong's going to die at the end of this movie. It, it's something. It's going to be something. It's going to be something where you know they are a draw. It's like you know Freddy versus Jason. One is not going to die at the end of this movie. So all so you know with that in mind, you're going all right. Well, what are they going to do? How are they going to, you know, make this work in the film? And so, you know, I have my arms crossed because I was like, I know this is something. You know, somehow this is going to be the end. So I did not see Becca Godzilla coming. And to see, you know, jumping out and, and coming in there, I thought that was fun. I thought that was, you know, yet a, yet another interesting twist. I don't know what, uh, what is it, you know, Mecha Ghidorah or whatever, what, what, what the motivation was there. Uh, I will for now accept that it was, you know, the, the raw AI uh, taking over. Uh, it is also possible that it was the manifestation of Ghidorah coming back because well, it was. The, you know, There's it, some throwaway lines where they kind of explain a bit. The first time they entered when they see the capsule, I can't remember who what character explains it, but they're explained at some point that so Ghidorah, they say in this movie, you know, it was the three headed creature. And they said that it, its neck was so long that in order for the three heads to communicate with each other, to work as one, they had telepathic abilities. Mm-hmm. And that's how they communicated. So yeah. that's why they were using one of the skulls, because somehow they could tap into like the uh, the telepathic abilities of it and then you know combine it with technology in order to like remotely pilot it, like as if it was a drone, the Mecha Godzilla. Right. So that's that's supposedly the, the whole thing there and i'm sure there was some of i can't pronounce it uh yeah, Ghidorah, Ghidorah. so i guess there there probably was some of Ghidorah's essence i'm sure mm-hmm. um sprinkled in there mm-hmm. and, it, and i think that's kind of part of what took it over 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it almost became like a, a technological Ghidorah Frankenstein, I guess, mm-hmm. once the human component was was zapped. But yeah. I wanted to say, also, I had similar feelings as you, Carl, going into it, thinking, oh, yeah, one's not going to kill the other. That'd be ridiculous. I mean, for financial reasons, that'd be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured that it was going to somehow mirror what they did with BVS. Because you knew that Batman or Superman wasn't going to kill the other in the movie. And even though you'd seen the trailers for that and you knew they were going to fight, you figured they were going to come together against a common threat. So I figured it would do the BVS um, template. But of course, they did it like a million times better. Yeah. Because famously, I don't care for that movie very much. Yeah. No, no, I I thought it was fun when when uh, when when Mega Godzilla busts out. I was like, okay, now I see where they're going, and that was uh, that was a good twist. That was that was, and I mean, like it, 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 they're always tipping the hat to the classics, but you know, but this was actually really interesting, an interesting resolution. I was I was serious, like, oh, this is going to be fun. I, I when when that came out, I was like, okay, this is going to be fun to watch, and it really was. It was it, Mecha Mecha Godzilla did not come to play. That thing was tearing up everything. So, yeah, yeah well done. Yeah, and, and I wasn't immediately sold by the design for Mechagodzilla, mm-hmm. but there is a really practical element to it, which I think helps, even if it's not the coolest looking design. Did, did you guys see Ready Player One uh, from a yes. few years ago? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I doesn't really Mecha care Godzilla, for Spielberg but... movies, so I'm a little bit surprised he saw it. But, yeah, my um, co-host kind of dragged me to it. Plus, I'd read the book, so I was somewhat curious. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I prefer that Mechagodzilla compared to this one. But it, it still was ultimately a pretty cool fight with it and a pretty cool villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, there's King Kong in that movie, of course. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but that reminds me of something else real quick I wanted to say about Kong. Um, at least the way he appears in uh, Kong Skull Island, I remember it blew me away how... In Skull Island, Kong just seemed so much bigger than he's ever looked. Except maybe he's pretty humongous in the 70s version as well. But he just looked incredibly enormous in Skull Island. And once I realized they were eventually going to meet in the movies, I figured, oh, they probably made him bigger because it would be weird if Kong only went up to like Godzilla's knees. Um, (laughs) And of course, Godzilla is ridiculously huge in 2014 as well compared Mm -hmm. to his prior selves. But anyway... um, Kong actually looked smaller to me in this movie, even though I saw some feature that said he was bigger, but he, I don't know what it is. He doesn't look bigger in this than, than Kong, Skull Island. He looks smaller to me. I I don't know. Maybe it's because they kind of made him look older, a little more like frail. Oh, that's true. That's true. They did. And of course he is older um, from, from that movie. But yeah, uh, was almost a little cop, a little bit of a cop out, because <laughs> of course he couldn't take on Godzilla. He's kind of an aged Kong. But I did right. like that Godzilla didn't try to kill him. He basically was like, "Okay, all you got to do is bend the knee, and I'll back off." And so, <laughs> yeah, that's that's been his theme, especially in the new movies, for sure. Yeah. If you don't mess with me, then I'm not going to mess with you. Um, which goes with the nature, bias. yeah, the, or the friendly nature, because mm-hmm. Godzilla's his temperament changes through the eras. Um, Cause sometimes he's just pure good. Sometimes he's just pure destruction or somewhere in between. So he's a little bit more in between like, you know, yeah. Nature. Yeah. If you don't mess with me, we can coexist. If you mess with me, I'm going to get you. 
something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Other thoughts. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm gone through most of my thoughts. I just have some little thoughts for the future of the franchise. But what else do you guys got? I was kind of curious if you guys had seen anything else from this director, Alex Wingard. No, but I'm gonna look it up right now because I want that's something I wanted to say, which was of these four movies in the MonsterVerse, they all have different directors, and that makes it even more amazing that they seem to work coherent. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. because a lot of other you know, everyone's been trying to co- copy the MCU for 10 plus years now, and most everyone fails. Uh, and this is one of the few success stories as far as trying to create a new shared universe, and that's pretty shocking because yeah they haven't reused any director and all the directors have brought something to the table i would say uh from the four yeah. movies it's interesting because i i don't know the director of uh, kong skull island i can't remember who that is but all the other ones have been kind of either indie or just horror people which is an interesting choice mm-hmm. like I'm michael looking... doherty with the last one was a big horror guy and alex wingard as well mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm looking you know, back about because I don't you know, know anything about Wingard at all. Yeah, I mean he made like one of the Blair Witch movies. Ooh, he did, he did the guest, you know, the guest uh, VHS. He made one of those. So I'm, I'm looking back. I'm like, you know, you said indie. You not you're not joking. I mean, this dude. Yeah, came this, that is so weird. How the a lot of these guys in for the MonsterVerse never really did a big movie before, and then they just naturally pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes you wonder how much studio interference there is. But with Wingard, I, I was happy to see him get this because I was somewhat of a fan of his prior to Blair Witch. That kind of just put me off completely. But um, I really liked The Guest when that came out, and I really liked um, You're Next. I thought those were great little uh, semi-horror films. They're both, and they both had a cool sense of humor to them and a good uh, visual quality. Jeez, he did the live-action Death Note on Netflix? Really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't bother. I haven't that. seen that it yet. Well, because the actor, I don't know. I have a a bi- uh, uh, illogical bias against the the actor, which because I was really wanting to watch that. But I have not seen any of his movies at all. Yeah, I definitely recommend the guest. I mean, some of the visual quality of this movie you can feel in the guest, even though it's on a much smaller scale. But also the music. He's got a really uh, particular musical style. Except for in Blair Witch, where there's there's no aesthetic quality to that movie at all. It's just complete trash. But <laughs> but you're right. Uh, interesting that they keep choosing these no-names. And, and Disney has done that for some of their Marvel movies. Not all of them, obviously. But picked semi-obscure directors. Well, since you brought the music for a second, I was going to talk about that. I almost forgot. So the score for this movie is by Tom... Hulkenberg, who I would not even know, except apparently he did the score for the Snyder Cut as well, which is not really remarkable in any way. This one's okay, because this does have some homages to the original um, Godzilla theme, which is fantastic in its own right. But I will say, King of Monsters, that soundtrack is probably my favorite Godzilla soundtrack um, that I've heard, new or old, that was by Bear McCreary. That oh, yeah. one is so good because it really, in a masterful way, pays homage to a lot of Godzilla themes and elevates them modern theatrically. 
I listen to that soundtrack a lot. It is so fantastic as a standalone. That's King of Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This one is a little my... bit like it, but not the same. I wouldn't quite say elevates, but it is a really nice kind of uh, rendition of those original themes. Yeah. Yeah, Bear McCreary, underrated uh, composer. I mean, all the stuff he did with BSG, that guy did some great work. Mm, I didn't even, I don't even remember that until you said it. But I kind of wish they brought him back for this. But me too. But I did like some of the soundtrack choices. Maybe not the incidental music, but the musical pieces. I agree with that. They did. I like how movies are starting to figure that out. I mean, a lot of modern blockbusters, they're getting pretty good with their little pop choices or pop covers or not just pop, but I mean like popular mainstream music. Yeah. Uh, pretty good at uh, ripping off James Gunn with guardians of the galaxy. I think is that that's where that's coming from. Yeah. But. Except that one used originals. <laughs> They're kind of using covers in, in most of these modern movies, but they pick good ones. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it started in, you know, well, with Star Wars paying attention to music and then 80s with the music video vibe. They finally picked up that, hey, people in the, the music is meaningful to moving the story along. And then they kind of like forgot it for a while. You know, they, they, they were doing went a different direction with the music. Uh, yeah, I want to say like from the middle 90s to like mm-hmm. early 2000s, yeah. it, the music was just vibe music uh, oh. or EDM or just like because um going back to bond since i know all those soundtracks pretty well um you know obviously all the classic ones have different individual classic themes but when you get to the brazen era it just sounds like random electronic club music those are hard soundtracks i mean they have their little motifs here and there but when you listen to the whole albums it, it, it just like it all blends into itself it all starts sounding samey um, and flashback to Godzilla 98. It was David Arnold who did all those Brosnan scores. And... Yep, David Arnold, the master of the <laughs> the mindless. I mean, it was good at the time, but it, the music, but it's not good in retrospect, in my opinion. That yep, era. Super bland. Yeah. But that was the mid-90s movies to the early 2000s. Yeah, that was super bland period. I don't know what was going on there, but at least for blockbusters. Yeah, but then I, I guess it's Hans Zimmer who... Um, maybe it was Inception, and I know everybody copied it. Um, <laughs> but it's what got people. It's I think that's kind of where it started turning back to interesting soundtracks, not just by him, but other people upping their game. Oh, but beside the director, did you guys have any thoughts on the the cast? Were there any standouts for you guys? Uh, that's an interesting question uh, <laughs> because. My immediate answer is no. Uh, like, like I said, I, I, it was my bias just to see giant monsters fighting. Um, I thought the people did enough to hold the story together, but individually, I don't remember anyone really jumping out as a character well, or standing out. Go ahead, yeah. I said mine earlier. My initial standouts and 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 um, remisses, but. I will say the little deaf girl was an okay addition. I didn't know she was actually deaf in real life, but she is. Hmm. Um, she was a nice little a nice little touch. She reminded me of, um, again, these like indirect callbacks, but I think they're callbacks. But she reminded me of like the sisters with Mothra in, in the classic movies. Mm-hmm. How okay. there would be like someone from the islands who was like a, a 
what I can't think of the word intermediary. A whisperer. Yes. Yes. But someone who could communicate with the monsters. And I thought that was an indirect callback to that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, Rebecca Hall is all right. She just stands out to me because she's in one of my favorite, favorite movies. Um, uh, Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Uh, and she's had a couple other things that are notable. But I love that movie. And so I'm like, okay, it's her. Um, that's cool. She's still in the business. Um, somebody else. Oh, it was a shame. I felt that um, Kyle Chandler, who plays uh, Millie Bobby Brown's dad, that he didn't really get to do much in this movie. Because I just love him in anything. And he was sorely underutilized. I like him, and I, I like him in most things. But here, as well as in you know the previous movies, mm-hmm. I just did, I mean previous Godzilla movies, I didn't feel that he he brought a whole lot to it. Um, I, I mean you know my my quick answer to this is, if you talk about Kong versus Skull Island, casting in that, I felt more of the people, I, I felt more of the importance of them in that story. Than any of these other ones, the yep. you know the Godzilla ones, well, the the people seem very very small, and and what they're doing seems you know second well, tertiary to whatever else is going on. So if you talk about people, Skull Island, I felt the cast was strong okay. and interesting and memorable, but I but I, I the the folks I I did not feel it so much in. Uh, I cannot disagree with Carl at all about what he's saying about Skull Island, but I almost classify that one differently out of the four because that movie feels more like a like a fun version of like Predator or Alien when you have like the ten little Indian situation um, and you have like just like Aliens, everyone remembers like all the different cast members in that movie, all the humans, of course. Because they're so individual and knowable and, remem- and memorable. But, but is and, it that is it that like character development though? <laughs> okay, but, they, but what I'm saying they, is, so they, in that regard, I see the humans in Scotland. It's more like that. It's more reminiscent of like a horror movie with like really cool, interesting characters. I'm not taking away from. It. I'm no. just saying it, it's almost like a different category to me um, than the humans in the Godzilla or, movies. I don't know if any of the characters are particularly interesting they just got good performers to kind of fill out the roles but like, you mean, do have even if there are even if they are ugh, are archetypes because it, again it's like watching a vietnam of course it's like watching a vietnam movie um like platoon or apocalypse now where again you know you got tex and you know the sarge and that's cool i mean that is cool but i'm just saying i almost consider that a different category of characters compared to the three modern godzilla it's almost like an unfair, not unfair, but it's just it's a. I grade it differently on a different on a different curve. Um, all, right. all I have to say is, you know, if it's in the same universe, it ought to follow the same rules. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, I, I like. I'm serious when I think about the characters from Skull Island. I didn't like everybody in Skull Island, but I do. I do remember them really adding something unique. Yeah. Uh, to the story. I mean, come on, you know, it's particularly Riley, John John C. Riley, yes. you know the uh, the the oh. old uh, the old pilot guy. 
absolutely. And really, really stood out in and and you know, obviously had an important part, an important point in the story. Now Samuel L, as much as I love him, you know, he felt a little uh, you know, cartoony and a little a little thin. You know, he was he was doing the, the same kind of thing that you know we've seen many times before. But there was a uniqueness about him, of course, yeah, in the story. A gravitas that he just brings to the role. Everyone All else days. in this movie, Kong uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, yeah, they're just kind of a flat line. Right. Right. Okay, I still agree with everything Carl's saying. I guess what I was saying earlier was, yes, it's the same universe, um, but I judge that one differently because that one feels like a very different genre is all I'm trying to say. Um, just like all the MCU movies are the same universe, but they all, many of them have a different feel from each other stylistically. That's all I'm saying. But I know earlier Carl said he didn't really care for like the family pr- drama in king of monsters um i know it is hokey but i bought it even though um the mother in the family was being a bit extreme to say the least in in her story arc in king of monsters but i still appreciated what was going on with the mother father daughter even though it was uh, i I don't know two-dimensional or whatever you want to say because again I have to grapple with the humans when I watch the classic ones. And to be honest, most of the human stories are terrible, in my opinion. The class- But there's some that are much easier to get through. Um, I mean, the human stories in the classics. And then there's others that are just, oh, just the worst. Um, so I've already been tempered by seeing the majority of all the classics that I guess as long as the humans don't literally get in the way of the movie um too badly then i'm okay with it even even in the modern godzilla movies well uh, i just hope that maybe it wouldn't have to be that way i feel the same way i'm i'm happy to support these movies i hope they keep making them oh i just billion percent i just hope they can kind of smooth out that that element i don't necessarily want them completely like hollowed out to they're only there to push the monster plots along mm-hmm. but maybe not quite the same level of focus that they put on, in with, on the opposite extreme you get like you get the humans and the human stories in the the later transformer sequels where almost everybody's over the top uh, and out of this world see and that's the opposite extreme of having hollow characters and then just having over the top characters well, you know, like I said, they're supposed to be a balance because when you say over the top, the, the character development in the latter Transformers movies, that was not what I call character development. So, oh, no, I agree. I agree. Like, all of a sudden, everyone's a stand-up comedian. Everyone has one-liners mm. and, and races one-liners at times. Uh, <laughs> but, 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 but look, everybody uh. had one-liners. The robots had one-liners. The people had one-liners. Everything... <laughs> had become yes. something rather rather shallow toward the end there. Yeah, it became very uh, very turdy to because uh, many of those appeared on the, the turd offs. Ah, <laughs> see, someone paying attention. <laughs> it, w- 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 rightly so. Rightly so. Though. I mean, I don't listen to turd offs, but I'm sure that Bumblebee <laughs> never got into any turd off episode. Bumblebee did not. Because that's them riding the ship completely on that franchise, and hopefully they stay in that direction. 
But so what I'm hearing is we don't want Michael Bay to direct a future Godzilla movie is what I'm hearing. Oh God, no. <laughs> no. Emmerich too. Emmerich can stick to Oh no, not Emmerich. No, because <laughs> see, Emmerich's movie, the Godzilla '98, that's just someone being inspired by the concept of Godzilla and then doing their their own thing. You know, that's all that is. Uh, that's not someone who appears to be like a diehard Godzilla fan or trying to stay true to the roots. None of that happens in the 98 movie. It's just, it's like when they say something is loosely inspired on a true story, that's mm-hmm. kind of what Godzilla 98 is. It's an okay movie and it's a, it's an okay enough blockbuster for 98, but it is not actually a Godzilla movie. Yeah. Maybe uh, this movie in, in one moment made me think of that movie. Where Kong sitting on the ship and just plowing huge uh, handfuls of fish into his mouth and chowing down on it. <laughs> wow, that brought you back to '98. <laughs> I did like that they kept focusing on that. That's kind of a fun thing that they throw he in had, every now and again. When he was eating the fish or whatever that was, he had tons. Kong in this movie had tons of blood all over his teeth and yeah. lips. Crazy. <laughs> oh, or when he. Was- he grabbed that like flying creature in hollow earth and ripped its head off and started eating the guts out of the head. That was lovely. Lovely <laughs> shot there. Gong is not playing. He's very, very primal. All right. I see the tape is starting to, to run low now. Um, final thoughts before we, I like to give some kind of rating, but final thoughts before we give this some kind of rating. As I was watching the, you know, the different movies again, I just want to reiterate: there's a point you were making, there was a point I was making also that it's hard to create a universe these days. You know, the, you know, Marvel d- does it and they dominate. We've seen examples of other superhero franchises who have <laughs> not done so well at this. Uh, so when you see them trying, um, and and delivering, I mean, when these movies each stand alone rather strongly you can watch one by itself and it's all right but to see how well these movies fit together and build i i'm just i'm just really impressed with that uh they all feel that you know they have their own unique kind of feel to them yet story the arc builds together the worlds are consistent between them it's uh it's rare to see them do that and uh i i I am impressed by what they were able to achieve with that. And it makes me want to see more in that space, more in this world, more than, and yeah, and I'd, I'd love to go back to the, uh, to middle earth again, that, uh, um, there's a lot of potential there and, uh, they've created a, a, a good environment for the opportunity to explore that. So I hope, I hope there's more. I, I hope we get to see more in that. So well done. on There that. will be more. There will be more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this movie's been kind of a shocking success in in terms of the box office. Mm -hmm. Um, My final thoughts, yeah, I definitely, uh, this is probably my favorite one of these movies so far. Maybe Kong Sky Island uh, beats us out, I'd have to rewatch it. But yeah, they're definitely getting better at at finding the balance that I'm I'm looking for in these new Godzilla movies. Um, Still, don't beat, you know, Shin Godzilla, that's still my favorite of the modern era of Godzilla movies. But yeah, it's it's super good, but that's like the best Eastern uh, Godzilla movie, I would say. Well, debatable, Godzilla. but 
Oh, well, I do appreciate that we see a little bit more character. Like I like that during the fights, Kong and Godzilla will kind of, you know, smirk a little bit when they get a, a punch in. It's <laughs> nice to see them putting a little bit more focus on the character side of the monsters, a little more personality. So yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely positive on it, even if it's not my favorite of the the franchise. I don't know how I couldn't be positive about this, and I always, I want to watch the special <laughs> features because I was, I almost wonder if they did have two people like in the mo motion capture suits like going at it or something. Um, I'm curious about that, like behind the scenes. Probably. Um, probably. Because it, yeah, it felt very real. Um, sort of my final thoughts are, I agree with everything you know that you guys said. Well, not with Caleb. Uh, he <laughs> seems to be much more pro-Kong in general. I mean, franchise-wise. I, I kind of lean towards Godzilla as far as the franchise is concerned. But Kong's great too. Um, but I agree with Kong. You know, this is the fourth movie in, and like, it's it's pretty rare for you know besides MCU, like, seemingly making the movies better the mm -hmm. further you go along. Yeah, and that's one reason I think it's cool that Godzilla twenty fourteen kind of played it easy at first because you had plenty plenty of places to go from there. Um, and like I said, it's perhaps, you know, these guys, these two creatures are going to deviate for a few movies and have their own adventures. Um, Kong could be very interesting in the Hollow Earth. And also in these, well, the three Godzilla movies at least, um, they've been incorporating a lot of things that were done in the classic run uh, and folded it into this modern era. And because, you know, the stuff with the machine in, in King of Monsters. There's equivalents of that, not exactly the same, um, and bringing all the monsters together, and this stuff about something's trying to uh, reproduce, and oh, they're 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 taking the old ideas and, and bringing them new and freshening them, and so they're drawing from the original material in in a way. They're inspired very much uh, with these new Godzilla movies, so there's still a lot of places to go potentially going forward because you know eventually spoiler for the classic movies we get into space things um you know ufos uh alien type humanoids um space monsters and yeah a lot of that stuff was kind of hokey um in the past but i would the way they seem to masterfully be modernizing a lot of things that seemed hokey in the old movies i can't even imagine like if if they do as well as they've done so far and then somehow bring in some aliens and things, but, but make it work. I don't know how you do that. I'm not qualified well, to, to figure that out. What are you going to say? Uh, they've already kind of set it up with King Ghidorah. I mean, he was an alien. They even established that in the last movie. So true, true. So mm -hmm. we, they, they planted the seeds and let's, let's see how, you know, they execute it. Um, Cause I mean, you know, even Marvel it took them a while till they got to the space stuff and the wizards and stuff. Um, so I I don't know how they would do it, but I have faith in them, and it could be potentially amazing. Um, I was always hoping Transformers, the live action series when it was good, I was always hoping they were going to start going into space like the original cartoons did. But they would tease it, but they wouldn't really do it um, in the Transformer movies. So there's. Many more places Godzilla can go um, going forward, and and I think 
yeah, this was a surprising success, not not just to fans, but the studio. Um, this is the first big movie post-COVID. T- well, not the first, but definitely one of the biggest um, post-COVID. And it's probably Warner Brothers' best thing going right now because the superhero stuff is complicated right now for them. So, man, I really look forward to it. There's so much potential that people who don't know the Godzilla lore, they have no idea what more there can be. Um, so, yeah. yeah and, and each movie, they keep pressing more and more into the future. Maybe one day they'll cross over with Pacific Rim. <laughs> I mean, so. Look, all, all that we're missing were two pilots in that skull. I was looking at it going, <laughs> come on, come on. So, yeah, yeah, that's that, that could work. Yeah, still plenty of places to go for both franchises. So, and then of course, I mean, shoot, and if you want to go even further in Godzilla, they start getting the time travel. They start getting oh, into no. Terminators <laughs> coming. I mean, no. literally, Terminators come into the Godzilla franchise. I mean, stay away from that oh. stuff. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, the say era. Aliens and versus Godzilla. No, no, no. Space Godzilla. Are we going to see him one day? Yeah. Well, on social media, I see people like you know, their wish list of who they'd like to see come next or soon. And Space Godzilla was thrown out there. Uh, what's Aww. his name? Gigan was thrown out there. But yeah, one my, my guy, number one. People kept saying over and over that they want to see done modern is Biolante. Yeah, Biolante. Um, yes, Biolante. absolutely. People <laughs> want to see Biolante. That'd be um, amazing. It it could be. that That would be impressive. I, oh, wow. That would just look shocking with modern yeah, CGI. I remember you weren't super positive on that movie, but that's one of my favorite Godzilla movies, so I'd love to see no, that. No, well, I'm coming around. No, that's one of the better ones. I mean, once I saw more bad ones from the 90s, Biollante is is one of the better of the certainly the 90s, or what I've seen from the 90s and the early 2000s so far. Yeah, the, the Hasty era. Yikes. <laughs> Those 80s ones were great, but everything else kind of... Yeah, yeah, they feel like like they're things you'd only pick up on video in a way. Um, <laughs> but anyway. All right. Does someone want to give me a unit of measure to work with? How about uh, how about hollowed skulls? Okay, hollowed skulls. I was getting some weird uh, Game of Thrones vibes of that. But anyway. <laughs> um hollowed skulls. I'll go ahead and go first. Um to be honest, it hit all the right spots for me. It's not a perfect movie. I'm definitely gonna grade it with fan bias of the franchise. <laughs> um, so that being said, I'm giving it a solid four and a half because of how it delivered for me. Oh man, I'm watching this great shot of Mechagodzilla stepping on a rundown part of Hong Kong and you see the little people. It just looks amazing. God, I, I like wish that. I saw some movies. Because <laughs> um, there's so many details I didn't see on my standard 55-inch television. Are we doing this out of five skulls? Is that what we're doing out of five skulls? Yes, sorry, but I'm giving it four and a half. Uh, All right, let me see. Uh, Also, with a strong sentimental bent, um, you know, uh, don't expect a whole lot of in-depth from the people, uh, but in terms of just sheer fun, I'm going to give it a four and a half, too. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I'm definitely the lowest here. I'm giving it a 3.5. I'm still thoroughly enjoying this MonsterVerse franchise. But it sadly is just not quite hitting where I want it to hit for for Godzilla yeah. movies. But it, it's getting better, definitely. I'd say this is a theme for Caleb. I mean, I've been getting to know him in recent weeks and months, and for usually being the youngest person on the panel, 
he's the most old school minded and and, and yeah. stuck in the past when it comes to a lot of different franchises. Hey, got to keep anything the, wrong with it. Got to keep the flame. <laughs> just, I, I respect it's that. It's just surprising. I, I was just so um, happy to see some fun. Well, oh, I'll tell super you. Super fun. I mean, for so many years, I was wishing that Godzilla would come back. And when uh, 2014 was announced, I was like on cloud nine. I was so excited. I was trying to get everyone that I knew super hyped and trying to get them to watch the old Godzilla movies. And nobody really cared. Um, and then once I saw in the theater, it was kind of like it. I don't know. I almost felt like I got like punched in the gut. I was like, oh, this was not it all was what I was hoping. And so maybe it's just left a cynical taste in my mouth all these years. And I've slowly been losing some of that uh, distaste from that first viewing. But it still is just not quite what I'm looking for. Right. Respect for the classics. That was fine. Um, Real quick, this is something I've been starting to do on on my other podcasts. I usually do it at the top of the ratings. But apparently I have this non-endorsement deal with Rotten Tomatoes. So... Godzilla vs. Kong. They didn't want to call it King Kong. Uh, but Godzilla vs. Kong. 75% with the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. 93 with the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like they always had one blurb. I think now they have two blurbs. This is new. On, so with critics, it says, Delivering squarely on its title, Godzilla vs. Kong swats away character development and human <laughs> drama to deliver all the spectacle you'd expect from giant monsters slugging it out. And now they have this new thing, which is a little tagline for what the audience says. The long-awaited blockbuster matchup makes it easy not to think about the so-so story and characters by serving up plenty of action and incredible effects. Hmm, that's a new Rotten Tomatoes feature. But anyway, so there you go. There you have it. Thank you, everyone. This is... uh, been the 35th progneg of the canon on the feed hopefully we will have more things coming to progneg um hopefully with caleb and carl and other people um i know a lot of people want to hear chris and sean on this feed again they're both very busy um but uh we're gonna work it out somehow they'll be back for sure they'll be back and I don't know if people remember the movie we left off on um, four years ago or so, but Chris had picked um, Cloak and Dagger, starring Henry Thomas, Ooh. filmed in San Antonio. <laughs> wow, um, that is old. So that that was put out there about four years ago that we were going to talk about that. So mm, just wait a little bit longer, and and I'll get the the other gang back together for that. So yeah, all yeah, right. Too. If you guys want more Eric and Sean, I mean, they came on my podcast to cover all the Exorcist movies. So you can get some of that Exorcist love if you're a fan of that franchise. Oh, yeah. I meant to plug that. So on, I keep calling it the new elitist, but it's the novice elitist. Um, <laughs> on, on Caleb's uh, podcast, again, you'll hear me sit in for a few Godzilla commentaries, and I think there'll be more of those to come. And then you can, yeah, hear us talk about Wicker Man and we're in the middle of the uh, the um, Exorcist franchise, as he said, and we're going to do more of those, and we'll get into some other things that are that are in in post production now, I suppose. And then, of course, you can always catch Carl and me, and who knows, maybe Caleb one day on Sci Fi Party Line with Cat and everybody else. 
over there. Times. We've been doing that for uh, almost eleven years now over there. Oh, wow! So, oh, it's been eleven. It's oh, it's going on year twelve. Well, it I, I was started rounding. in 09, as far yeah. as I can tell. I'm rounding because we had a we had a, a light year or so in there occasionally, <laughs> but but yeah, we've been doing it a while. Life happens, but uh, yeah, and I've been listening uh, since 2012 to Sci-Fi Party Line. Thanks, Caleb. That's nice. <laughs> I appreciate that. Until we get the next generation of listeners to join us in five or ten years, uh, I'm Eric. This is Carl, and this is Caleb. And until next time, the balcony is yours. Prognosis negative. And until next time... I'll fix it and post it. Someone say the balcony is yours. Oh, were we supposed to do that? Well, either one of you. I, I don't usually say the tagline. Oh, I'll fix it and post, but someone give me a clean the balcony is yours. Okay, all right. I swear I don't remember that on the podcast. I don't either. <laughs> I would have messaged you because that is Siskel and Ebert, man. That was our that was our thing. And oh, I don't remember. I'll have to listen to RGB to to hear what the ta- I'm pretty sure there was a tagline for that show, but it escapes my memory right now. But um, no, but it was the balcony is yours. I'm telling you for like half the run of the podcast. <laughs>